you drive a car and your car always fixes itself. <laughs> Unless you do something bad to it, like run into a curb or don't give it gas, right? So your body's the same way, like your body will always try to return to health. So identifying what is blocking you from getting into that healthy state is step number one. I'd like to welcome to the Vegan Wellness Podcast, Sun Sachs. He is the CEO and co-founder of Rewire Fitness, the first mental fitness platform that helps athletes reach their full potential and avoid burnout by providing tools that improve their mindset. Also, it helps improve their readiness and resilience. Sun is passionate about animal welfare, the environment, human health, and co-created the plant-based media brand www.thebeat.com a great resource if you haven't checked that one out and then that later merged with the leading plant-based resource for health forks over knives another great documentary for you guys to check out if you haven't already Sun continues to advise for the beat and promotes a healthy plant-based athletic lifestyle with his wife, two kids, and seven animal rescues, four cats and three dogs. Welcome, Sun, to the Vegan Wellness Podcast. David, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm a, a big fan of what you do and really excited to chat with you. Oh, super excited to chat with you too. And you've accomplished quite a lot in the plant-based world it's really interesting to know where the journey started for you can you start by telling us about how you went vegan yeah it's um it is a kind of a long story so i will i will try to be fairly brief but i think that there's there's some some interesting opportunities to understand that we can't always be immediately successful and, you know, finding opportunities to grow and get better is really what it's about. My vegan journey actually started uh, when I was 16, basically um, really started to understand the negative impact of animal agriculture, um, animal testing. It was very much an ethical choice for me. I went vegan at the same time. I was also an endurance athlete and uh, working my way up to an elite level in uh, cycling. And um, back then, you know, it wasn't a health choice that wasn't really on the table. Um, we're talking about late 80s. It wasn't even something that uh, had been established like well before Forks Over Knives and, and other great resources. So for me, um, I was just going to do it no matter what. And I didn't have a lot of knowledge or understanding of, of how to fuel properly as an athlete that's also plant based. And eventually, um, I kept losing weight and losing weight, and I got down to a very sickly uh, 50 pounds lighter than I am today, um, somewhere between zero and 2% body fat, very, very sick uh, all the time. Uh, and it was a, uh, a tragedy for me personally to have to go back to eating meat. I felt a lot of shame. I felt a lot of um, disappointment, and I sort of held on to that belief system that it was the right thing to do, but I didn't understand how to do it as an athlete. Eventually I retired from sport and I went into software and product development. I rediscovered the, the opportunity to go plant-based reading in, uh, I think 2011, Rich Roll's book, 
which obviously has influenced a lot of people. But for me, it was a proof point that I could be uh, an athlete, that I could fuel properly, and that I could be healthy. When I found that book in 2011, I was 40 pounds overweight, unhealthy in the opposite spectrum, um, a lot of roller coaster of you know eating food, kind of having food comas, using too much uh, you know sugar and caffeine to get over that, and it really just wasn't wasn't well. So for me, I reapproached it 2011 as just incremental. I took on first one meal a day, uh, vegan, then two meals a day. Within seven months, I was fully vegan again. Have been for over a decade now. Uh, so for me, that journey of just understanding what went wrong and f- being able to come back to it is really the, the most important and rewarding part of the lesson in life experience for me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite the story. I feel like a lot of people resonate with what you've just said. I, I did personally because I went through not exactly the same experience as you. Obviously, you're, you're an endurance athlete. I was just a kid who discovered some truths and thought, well, I can't continue living like this, knowing how animals are treated. But that lack of knowledge, like you mentioned, I think stops so many people because when we do start to lose weight or binge on vegan junk food and start to feel terrible, it seems like the only solution is to go back to our old ways. And that book you mentioned, Rich Roll, is that Finding Ultra? Is that the book? It, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, yeah. great book. I've, I've listened to, to that book as well. And he was quite unhealthy also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His he, 40s. He, that's right. Yeah, it got me at a, a good time. I really resonated with the story and um, wasn't feeling healthy. And, and that was the proof, like, at, at middle age to see that kind of performance and then for me, you know, looking back now, having gone down a really kind of pretty deep journey of self-education and, and instruction and all kinds of things, building a media brand, all that stuff, I see what the problem was. I was burning about 10,000 calories a day and I was eating about 2,000. So <laughs> that was the problem. Had I known that at the time, I could have addressed it, um, but it just was a downward spiral. It probably took over a year of, of sort of that illness before I was like, I don't know what else to do. But in hindsight, I'm, I'm glad I understand what happened and what went wrong. And, you know, of course, now I'm super healthy and in the best shape of my life and doing all kinds of sports and things like that. So it turned out great in the end. <laughs> hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, yeah. yeah, you had to go through that journey of suffering to get where you are now i think so yeah I, I i certainly didn't knowingly choose it but coming out the other side there were so many takeaways and lessons and um i also want to help other people maybe not have such a rough time uh, of it you know it is intimidating and it is daunting and it is a major lifestyle change but there are different ways to approach it that don't have to feel as like you're stepping off a cliff definitely definitely I don't know if you've heard of the Joseph Campbell's theory, the hero's journey. Yes, I have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a fascinating documentary on that where you go through all these kind of struggles to then find yourself and 
live your true purpose in life. And maybe that sounds like a little bit how your journey's gone. Yeah, that's nice of you to say. I, I think that there's um, everybody has their their trials. We keep evolving. Nothing's ever static. And I've learned so much in the process, you know, so much. And um, I'm always sort of going deep on whatever I want to try to achieve mastery on. So I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot in the process. That's for sure. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, so. it sounds like you have quite a unique background as well. You have that endurance athletic background. And then you went to software development as well. And now you've combined the two. So if I just share a little bit about rewire fitness, I'd like to dive deeper into this because I'm truly fascinated myself. But rewire fitness is the first to market neuro performance mobile platform for athletes looking to improve their sports performance by improving their mental fitness. Son, can you share with us? about that journey as a vegan athlete and why you started Rewire Fitness. Absolutely. So when um, I retired pretty early at 26, um, suffering from burnout and injury. So I had to walk away from my sport. I literally didn't um, ride a bike for about eight years. So I was super burnt out. And in that process, I started to explore other ways to improve my performance. So I went very deep in um, what many people know today as quantified self. So I was measuring a lot of different uh, data points about my diet, nutrition, sleep, training. I discovered HRV, heart rate variability at a very um, early stage before it was a well-known metric. I started using that to really self-assess my adaptation training. I also went super deep in meditation, was meditating three to four hours a day. Uh, for years. That was part of a specific practice that I was doing. I got to a point where I really understood sort of the benefits and the value of meditation, but I also recognized for me, the ascetic type of lifestyle was too much. You know, I was getting up at 4 a.m. and trying to pack that in. So I put that in my toolkit and I understand, I understood the value of mindfulness. And then the last piece of the puzzle was seeing this amazing science around resilience training for the mind, this alternative idea to just pushing yourself physically and hoping you get a side effect of mental toughness or mental grit, instead, a direct path, a direct path to the mind, to building resilience. And I waited for that product that was basically just in the lab to come to market and it never did. And as you were saying, yeah, the things came together. I was on the bike trainer. And I had this epiphany for how it could be done, um, started to work on a prototype. We spent uh, three years developing the product and testing it, working with scientists and athletes. And now what it is today is this very holistic approach to training your mind like you would train your body. Oh, that's incredible. I love the idea behind it, behind the, the, the rewire fitness, because everything really starts in the mind. How do we train our mind not to give up? <laughs> <laughs> yes so the yes. way you specifically focus on this on, on mental health can you explain a bit more about this is what is mental fitness and why is it so important that's right yeah we look at it from a very holistic standpoint so most people have had experience working out going to the gym going for a run these days people also very much understand that it's during the recovery phase, like your rest day, that you're gonna 
your body's going to be able to adapt and change and evolve. Good night's sleep will help that as well. So what we seek to do is to first understand where the athlete's at every day and then prescribe either a resilience training program or a cognitive recovery program. So really the sort of the mental fitness is an aspect of wellness and an aspect of resilience, um, really with the halo around it of a self-diagnosis tool. So that's, that's how we think about it. Oh, very interesting. So if you could, if you could use me as a guinea pig, so I consider myself a vegan athlete at the moment, I train pretty hard six days a week with the goal of beating my five kilometer run time. I do these park runs every week. And the biggest challenge is, is the mental side of it. Because three kilometers in, when you're running as hard as you can, the question is, why? You know, why? <laughs> why? Why are you doing this to yourself again? Yeah. And That's how right. do I talk? Yeah. How do I talk to myself? How do I build that, that resilience? And how do I build that resilience where I can just go in and almost perform like a machine and get the best out of it while I'm in that situation instead of thinking about all kinds of other stuff? Yes. So um, let me describe kind of how we would have you approach this. So uh, as part of a morning practice, you spend 90 seconds, you open up the app. The app will assess you physically, cognitively, and emotionally, and understand where you're at on those three domains. Then based on that, it's going to recommend an intervention, which I think is actually very close to your heart in terms of some of the protocols that we use. We'll get into what those are. Essentially, like let's just say you had a very intense interval session the day before, and as a result, you know, you didn't get the best night's sleep. So now you're going into the day with not only physical fatigue, which is most people can kind of pick up on that muscle soreness, other factors, but cognitive fatigue, that's something that typically is a blind spot. Like people don't know how much cumulative cognitive fatigue they have, because unless you have a diagnostic tool to measure it, it's sort of just in the ether. One of the common ways to to cue into that is if you have an unusual amount of frustration or emotionality, that's often because you have your cognitive fatigue is impacting your ability to have what's called cognitive control, which is really to regulate your emotions. So when you're extra irritable, oftentimes that could be correlated with cognitive fatigue, but our tool actually will help you assess that. Now you have another training day that you have to do. You've done your little diagnostics. We understand that there's a physical issue and a cognitive issue. We're going to recommend an intervention, which you could do right before the session, or you could do it throughout the day to help make the best of your day. And what it's going to include a breathing modality. So we'll bring in things like box breathing, alternative nasal breathing, uh, four, seven, eight, hyperventilation breathing, depending on what you're trying to achieve. So let's just say you're looking for, um, homeostasis, you're looking for balance. You want to go into the run with a calm mindset. We'll probably do something like a box breathing technique, but it's not just that. We call it a recipe. What we basically combine is different evidence-based protocols from neuroscience, from sports psychology, um, and human performance to give you this holistic experience you can have in two to four minutes. So we'll do the breathing. While you're doing the breathing, we're also 
integrating uh, what's called binaural beats, which is a neuroscience technique to get your brain into a calm state or a focus state. So in this case, we're going to get your brain into a calm state. It sounds like relaxing music, but embedded down in the brain in the waves are these um, very subtle tones that your brain picks up on and tries to mimic. We'll also take you through a visualization. It could be geared towards performance or it could just be geared towards maybe a, a, a moment of gratitude. We'll also bring in self-talk. So if you have some self-talk mantras that you like to use, like calm and focused, for example, we'll bring those in as part of the experience. And then lastly, we also have what's called subliminal priming. So we'll prime you with uh, positive imagery while you're looking at the screen. So you come out of that in two to four minutes in a calm, ready state, prepared to put your best effort forward with a little bit of cognitive recovery and improvement in your cardiovascular state, sports psychology to kind of help you get into that right mentality for performance. So that's an example of how it would be used. Oh, that sounds incredible. That sounds really, that sounds something that I would be really interested to trial out. And this, this combats the cognitive fatigue that you were talking about. Exactly. And because it's a, so it's a recipe that's curated to the individual based on their current needs, but it's also a library. So let's say you, you're doing a lot of podcast interviews. <laughs> you have uh, four back to back. Let's say you have a two minute gap between your next podcast. We have one minute sessions you can do that are going to get you into you know, a very positive mindset creates it's a very deep like visualization technique we'll do in literally a minute combined with binaural beats to get your head uh you know in that calm or focused state um so we're really designing it to be like naturally fit into someone's busy lifestyle because that's the challenge you know right now everyone is just so overscheduled there's very little opportunity for rest and recovery uh, especially with the mind <laughs> that's all often overlooked so we want to create these on the spot tools that people can just literally like I've done it on waiting for a cab. I mean, you can just pop it in when you need to. I've done it during work. Um, we have some passive sessions you can do while you're just doing going about your day. So there's a lot of a lot of flexibility. Yeah, there's a lot of power in that as well. And I could have done with that before before our chat today because you know I, I've run late and then just trying to set up the microphone. <laughs> and <laughs> if I if I had something like this, a one-minute reset or a visualization, then yeah, that that would that would be really really cool. I know a little bit about the breath work. I've experienced with yoga breathing. I teach yoga and yoga breathing. Very very basic simple stuff. Although I had no idea about all the research and the science behind what you've done. So if if someone was was really interested in this, like I, like I am. How would they go about downloading your app? How can you how can you access it? Yep. So they can just go to either of the app stores and search for Re Rewire Fitness, or go to our website, which is rewirefitness.app. And uh, yeah, we have a free program. You'd be able to experience everything that I described for free, as long mm -hmm. as you want to use it. Then the the more advanced version just has a, a much deeper library with a lot of sort of recommendations built around it for for each individual, but um, it's pretty nice too, because if you do have devices like this Garmin, 
will bring in all that information too. Cause oftentimes there's just this like, what does all this data mean? We're going to incorporate it into our understanding of your state every day, your physical state, your emotional state and your cognitive state. So that's also pretty helpful. Yeah, that's really cool. And if it could help me take 20 seconds off my park run every Saturday morning, then that would be marvelous. Yeah, give it a try. (laughs) I I definitely will have to talk to you about it. Nice. And what about flow triggers? I was was researching a little bit about flow triggers. Can you explain what flow triggers are in regards to peak performance? Yeah, I've been lucky enough to be in a flow state literally hundreds of times in competition. Uh, and it's really this, um, you, it's a slowing down, kind of like if you see these uh, uh, martial arts movies where people jump in the air and suddenly things go slow-mo. <laughs> it's like that, this flow state, is, uh, which, which, you know, for the listeners, you basically can, things slow down, there's a sort of a time shift, and you're able to really make decisions very calmly. Uh, without a lot of distractions and sometimes simultaneously, like multiple decisions at once. Um, in competition, that that's common if you're, you know, pushed into a fight or flight state or there's some danger. But in a natural sort of state where you're not in a fight or flight mode, what you really want to do is just get into a calm, ready state. And that's where the breathing and the binaural beats and those types of exercises will really sort of prime you. That would be what we call a trigger. It's going to prime you to be ready for that. And a lot of us have experienced it in work. You know, you'll just sort of dig into the work you're doing and all of a sudden you, you feel like you could go forever or you, you're just really into the details. Uh, and that, that can be a flow state that's just, just really kind of performance or work oriented as well. Yeah, would you describe that like losing track of time so you become fully present in the moment and psychological time seems to disappear? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, I uh, of course, I have a lot of examples in sport, so that's probably where I would go to describe it. In a recent race, uh, I was going down this really rough uh, trail and there were racers all around me and suddenly the racer right in front of me hit this um, this big ditch and flew up into the air. And while he was flying up into the air, flipping over, I realized that I had a deci- couple of decisions to make. One, I was so close to him that I had to predict where he was going to land so that I wasn't where he was going to land. Meanwhile, the terrain was super treacherous, so I also had to navigate below me. And I had to worry about the people right behind me. So simultaneously, I had to, you know, do the calculus of which way should I go, what's happening behind me, and watch the ground below you. <laughs> uh, and there's no way you could you could do that if you tried to methodically think through it. It was, it felt as if it was effortless and without thought. And of course, I threaded the needle and got through it all. But I felt like I had plenty of time while the guy is <laughs> flipping through the air. I'm like, okay. It's almost like you you see the the path as an overlay and you work it out. It's an incredible feeling when you're in that kind of flow state because you you're 
you're technically using less of your mind. It's just very targeted. And what you're doing is you're taking in a lot of information at once and digesting and understanding it. Uh, it's almost like an omnipresent state where you're just aware of the macro picture and the micro at the same time. Cool, very cool. Making me think of Neo in the Matrix where he dodges the bullets. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you, it sounds like you had a lot of time in reality there. You probably had what? A couple seconds to make right. that decision? I would say, yeah, less than two seconds. Yeah. Less than two seconds. Yeah. yeah talk about yeah. Fight, flight mode. That's right. It just, it just flicked on. Like I didn't, I, I didn't try to create it, but, but if I had a lot of anxiety leading up to that moment, there's no way I would have gone into that state, right? Because it just would have compounded. I would have been react, reactive to what just happened as opposed to just like observing very similar to a meditative state. I'm just observing the self and deciding what to do without any emotion. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting. Zen-like. Zen-like. Very, very right. interesting. And bringing it back to that importance of mental focus and resilience, because you see it with a lot of people, even high level athletes, and especially people I work with. So I work with average kind of people, but some more athletic people in a, in one-to-one situations in the gym, on the yoga mat. And how do they deal with injuries, right? Mm. So th- this, is, this is a key because when I, I picked up injuries in the past, it was very frustrating. I, I didn't want to stop training. I would injure myself even more being stubborn about it. And over time, I believe through simple breathwork practices, meditations, you can take a step back. But then what you're talking about here, son, is, is going even one step further than that and really honing in and training your brain mm-hmm. to almost be fully present and be able to make calm, rational decisions when the house might be burning down or people flipping over in midair <laughs> or whatever, yeah. whatever the, the chaotic situation might be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You have to build the uh, metaphoric um, brain muscles, you know, <laughs> the, the nice thing is that you can just spend a lot of time working on that uh, via our, our app platform without having to push yourself physically or create a situation where you're, you're burning out or injuring yourself. In fact, uh, we have we have a lot of users that when they're injured, they find the rewire system really helpful for keeping the right mindset because you can get very negative when you're not able to do the thing that you love. So it's also been helpful for, you know, that's part of the athlete lifestyle is you push yourself, you get injured, you learn from it, you recover. But what do you do while you can't do your sport? You know, you got to be able to do something to continue to help train your mind and um, keep a positive mindset about it. That'll help with recovery, of course, too. Yeah, and it's totally normal. Everybody gets injured. So top-level athletes always get injured. The only real thing that we can control is our reaction to that, our emotional state of being. So actually really really excited to to try this system out i was going to ask you as well son what about the training do do you have any advice for listeners about their approach to training 
and interested to know your favorite style of, of training at this point in your life? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, historically, I'm kind of a all or nothing guy. So, you know, I've had to learn the hard way that more is not more. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also train six days a week. Uh, I, it's a, four days on the bike and then um, three days in the gym, you know, with an overlapping day. So uh, for me, it's it's about balance and longevity. And I also do a lot of prehab work as well because I've kind of learned over the years what my physical deficiencies are in terms of where I'm typically typically going to get injured or I don't have the best muscle function. I'm going to you know proactively work on that. And I really just try to enjoy every, every time I get to go out and do the sports that I love. I really get, I really just try to enjoy it. I also just want to have, I want to have that health and fitness for, you know, decades to come. So being able to pursue all of those things for another 20, 30 years, 40 years, however long it is, you know, is my goal. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah, I like, I, I like what you said there about just enjoying it, just enjoying the process. I went through, I'd say 10 years of hating it and really just <laughs> focusing on external results and never mm-hmm. getting anywhere because of it, because I go and I like, hammer myself in the gym for four weeks and think, Oh, it's just not working. I'll stop and go back to eating junk food. And repeating that cycle with no enjoyment whatsoever. That's and, right. Yeah, it's totally true. And that's what I really focus on with people as well is how do I get this person who doesn't like exercise? They want a result. They don't really want to do all the hard work. How do, they, <laughs> how do I get them to have fun and enjoy it? Because if, that, if we get them to have fun and enjoy what they're doing and wanting to show up, then they'll probably get the result. But if we just yeah. focus on the result, then it, it can seem so far away. That's right. Yeah, it's a, it's a long game. Consistency is so important. So if you can find a way to make it sustainable and fun. Uh, for me, it took a long time to get over this idea of the ideal workout where I was like, I'm going on this workout. Well, if I don't have enough time, I'm just going to skip it because it won't be you know the one I planned. Well, it's so much better to just do half the length of the workout than nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) But see, you know, it's definitely not all or nothing. And the progress you can make from just little consistent things, like I walk every day, Um, my health is so much better for it. And uh, it's not difficult, but I'm super consistent with it. And it makes a big difference. Had the same thing with yoga. And most people that I speak to think that they have to do an hour's yoga. And that was me as well. I have to do one hour yoga a day. That's Mm -hmm. it. What I found was actually 10 minutes a day can be really beneficial, really beneficial. So whatever time you can actually fit in, people ask me, how long should I do? You know, how long should I do it for to be consistent? Well, how long have you got? Yeah. (laughs) You've got 10 minutes in the morning do it for 10 minutes because that's 70 minutes a week, 128 minutes a month. I've got the maths right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It stacks up. So those, those little small investments in yourself over time can actually make you want to do the hour every so often or go and do a full class or 
get on the bike or go for a run it's always better just to just to start small and and build yourself up from there yeah i couldn't agree more yeah totally and interestingly (laughs) talked about the long game and longevity because another question i wanted to ask you son was tips for optimizing health and longevity and performance if you have any yeah 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 no i'd love to talk about those topics obviously i live a plant-based lifestyle and i think that's a, a fundamental thing you can do for your health very specifically though i really try to eat and drink uh foods for my immune system i'm very conscious um of the the benefits of really um taking care of your immune system like your immune system is this incredible force it's the reason that western medicine even works right like without a functioning immune system there's really not much a doctor can do and in fact your your default state of your body is health like it'd be like you drive a car and your car always fixes itself <laughs> unless you do something bad to it like run into a curb or don't give a gas right so your body's the same way like your body will always try to return to health. So identifying what is blocking you from getting into that healthy state is step number one. Maybe um, you're lactose intolerant, but you're still drinking milk or eating cheese. Well, that's inflammation, creating a disease environment every single day that your body's trying to fight off and, and recover from. So for instance, in the morning, what I'll do is I'll drink this recipe that kind of evolved over time, which I call my immunity smoothie, which is a cup or two of frozen blueberries, which is the highest antioxidant content you can get from any food. Then I also include matcha, which is the highest herbal antioxidant that I can uh, bring in, turmeric, ginger, anti-inflammatory, anti-disease, some coconut water, some protein powder, some dark leafy greens, maybe a banana. And I do that every day. Um, And that it, it fuels me and it also helps protect me or shore me up against all the different things that my body's fighting, you know, fighting to maintain health. Super important to do some kind of mindfulness practice and some kind of gratitude practice. I do that every day. Similar to the yoga discussion, like for me, it's 10 minutes, um, but it's very meaningful. I do it every morning uh, and oftentimes at night, daily exercise. Uh, you know, without a doubt, a mix of, for me, it's, I want to get my blood flowing. So there's always a, like a strength and endurance component and a walking piece as well. The last one I would say is just building positive relationships. Super important. We are social animals, full stop. Like (laughs) the things we say to each other can, can make or break our day, can support us, can give us, help us feel loved and empowered. And it is we, we can't um, replace it with social media. Uh, so that's super important. And I just try to continuously approve on all four of those things. So if I learn something new or I meet a new person, I really try to embrace that as an opportunity. Oh, amazing. Thanks for, for sharing that. And I'm glad you brought up the, the relationships as well, because I talk about this a lot. You know, you become the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. <laughs> yeah. All your friends, all your friends are drinking and doing recreational drugs. Then odds are 
you'll be doing that too. <laughs> if all your friends are plant-based and they're having these super nice smoothies in the morning and going training, doing all these positive meditations, then odds are you're going to be like that too. So if you struggle with these things, just take a look around you. Who do you choose to spend the majority of your time with? And is there somebody in your life that you already aspire to be like them? And can you find ways of spending more time with those kinds of people to reinforce positive relationships in your life? Because that can have the most profound. That was probably one of the most profound things that I realized that I had to cut out so many people from my life. And it was, hmm. I mean, it was hard and you don't have to do that, although you really do have to look at do the people in your life support the person you want to become. So I'm really glad that you you brought that up. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's very important. You, you talk about plant-based nutrition. Obviously, this is this is the vegan wellness podcast. We're all about, <laughs> we're all about eating plant-based nutrition and wellness and well-being. So everything you said resonates with me hopefully resonates with the majority of our listeners is nutrition a pathway to positive change would you say yeah i i definitely would would say so like what um what else can you do that is so fundamental to to your life on earth like you're you're essentially eating three or four times a day right what other habit do you repeat that often and what are the implications of the food you eat and um, how does it you know forward your energy like if you're you know if you're eating a poor diet you're going to have a lot less energy to put into the world you know the things you want to pursue are going to be hampered um, so like you first get grounded and take care of yourself through nutrition and so many other things open up like i i never have a shortage of energy there's you know all the things that i've accomplished are powered by that that foundation so i th i think like i would definitely put it even above exercise and i'm somebody who is religious about exercise i would say like it's you know one of the top three most important things you can do yeah 100 percent, 100 percent although we have to reinforce the fact that you really do need to educate yourself and listen to podcasts maybe take a nutrition course in plant-based eating because otherwise people could end up like me and you and <laughs> end up starting something because we're really passionate about the animals and the environment and then not so much paying attention to to what's going in mm. still being super unhealthy and then thinking that there's no other choice but to go back to old habits Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm just glad where we are now today from when I first started the vegan lifestyle. Thankfully, there's just a lot of information out there now and it, and a lot of momentum, uh, a lot of transitional products and brands that you can use. Um, a lot of you know, people like yourself that, that are examples like that's couldn't be a better time to start. That's for sure. But to yeah. your point, yeah, getting getting some education is helpful for sure. It's a major change. Yeah, and I'd like to reference the thebeat.com because I was checking out this website earlier and it's incredible. So you co-created this. It's a plant-based media brand. I was looking on there and 
I haven't been on the, the site before. And the first thing I thought was, oh, wow, I wish I'd have come here as soon as I decided to go vegan. So the beat.com, yeah. <laughs> if, <Yeah. laughs> if you're just on the fence or you're struggling with your vegan diet, is a great resource for recipes. You've got training on there. There's, there's, there's links to Happy Cow, which shows you all the plant-based restaurants you can go to anywhere in the world so everything uh most of the things you would need resource wise are on that website yeah the the thesis with the website is really to create a um a welcome mat to meet people where they are the the slogan is just dead plants so it's this idea that you know wherever you are in your journey if you're just plant curious and you just want to try try out a recipe or you want to learn more about health, um, or you want to find a great vegan restaurant near you. Like, we just want to meet people where they are, uh, and then support them through the whole journey. So it's definitely meant to be as accessible as possible. You know, very positive. Oh yeah, that's amazing. So so grateful for for resources like this. You paired with the forks over knives. The it's quite an old documentary now, but one of the most profound things I think I've watched in the last. I couldn't 10 agree years. more. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really cool uh, partnership. Um, you know, we're on, on one spectrum or one, the beginning part of the journey for people who are discovering a plant-based lifestyle and forks is really on the, the other end of just incredible health resources and a very well-established uh, vegan brand. We started collaborating, eventually decided to merge into one entity they're both individual brands and they both um, um, coexist but you know we're basically supporting that whole spectrum of where you are in your journey so maybe uh, a few years in you know you've kind of learned all of the topics and uh, and overall very adjusted maybe you want to take it to the next level and you know take the plant-based meal guide or some of the other things that forks offers um, or you're focused on a specific health issue. So we really are just trying to meet people where they are in that whole journey. And the, the two brands really, I think, um, fit very well in that solution. Yeah, and it's always good to discover more plant-based recipes. <laughs> There's so much out there. We don't have to eat the same things, rice and lentils every day. <laughs> like when I start bland as well. We didn't even know anything about herbs and spices or anything like that. Yeah, agreed. Same. same. <laughs> You're you actually a, a man of many talents now, son. And one of the things is being a plant-based culinary chef. So what are some of the your favorite recipes that you could share with us? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I graduated from the Matthew Kenny's uh, culinary school. It's, um, he's an incredible leader in uh, plant-based cuisine. He's has a French culinary training and basically more than two decades ago started creating these amazing kind of gourmet plant-based and raw, uh, restaurants. So when I found out about him, basically, um, you know, took the course, spent like you know, five weeks on knife skills, <laughs> for example, and all these different techniques for making plant-based cheeses, pastas, you know, from vegetables, dough from vegetables, like just like very, very sophisticated techniques. 
Um, but in the end, like um, some of the, some of my favorites that I learned in that program, red beet ravioli, what it basically is, is um, very thinly sliced beets that you use as the ravioli. And in the middle, you put a little bit of uh, nut cheese, which you can either buy or you could make. And then you put a little bit of pesto on top, which is a little oil. And you basically have this raw pasta ravioli that's purely made from plants and makes you feel incredible. Another one that he taught us how to do was this um, lasagna where you use zucchini instead of noodles. And again, layer on multiple uh, plant-based cheeses like macadamia nut, a pesto. You, know, you can make that from several different types of nuts um, and uh, tomatoes. And yeah, they're like these incredible, fairly easy to make recipes that uh, can transform your plate. <laughs> Definitely learned a lot. And um, the cool thing is we have a partnership with Matthew Kenny and uh, many other celebrity chefs. So like on the beat, there's um, a lot of recipes that they share. Uh, which you can check out oh that's really cool a little bit of saliva in my mouth uh, <laughs> talking about the the, the beets ravioli mm. oh so good <laughs> have you tried raw yeah. vegan son just interested i have not done it 100 percent. typically i'm about 65 70 percent raw vegan because my first two meals are raw so i do this uh, smoothie in the morning and then I do a dark leafy green salad for lunch. So then the, the dinner is a cooked meal. So partially raw. <laughs> mm. And I feel great. I mean, the, one, of, one of our favorite uh, raw meals is uh, a Buddha bowl, which I also learned from the course. And it's basically, you can make like a grain out of cauliflower, ground cauliflower, and it's very much like a, like a rice consistency. And then you have like um, a bunch of chopped vegetables and tahini. If you want, you can put something like tofu on it to add more protein, but you just, you eat it. And instead of feeling like weighted down, you feel totally energized. Like it's this amazing, almost feels like a cleanse, you know? And I can only compare what you just said to when I used to eat animal products energy wise, because I used to do bodybuilding and I was following a stereotypical bodybuilding diet and it was all salmon for breakfast lots of eggs, mm -hmm. heavy meat, typical chicken, rice, veg. And by midday, I was ready to go to sleep. <laughs> I remember I was at work. I felt like a zombie, zero energy. And I, I never thought that it was anything to do with food until I made the transition mm. to vegan. And it just suddenly, the penny dropped and I was like, what if it was the the food? What if it was the food that was making me so tired and lethargic? And it hundred yeah. percent was that. And then I go <laughs> and study it more and you you learn that, you know, meat takes, I think it's 48, 72 hours to digest. Yeah. And that energy that your body's using to digest that food could be energy used to do a, a million other things. That's right. Yeah, that's the that's like that. I uh, had the same experience too, that like when you get past that transition period, let's call it 30 days, what do I, what do I do with all this energy? <laughs> like it's this, 
you, you know, you don't realize what, what is, you know, that's that kind of your, your default state is health. If you stay out of your way, your body, and you let it do its thing, man, you, you can just have so much, like a, all the energy you need. Yeah. Yeah. And then conversations as well, like relationships, like you said, can end up giving you energy. Like when I speak to you and I, I get really passionate because you're into the same sort of things that I'm into and I feel like I'm learning from you and it's, it's giving me energy. And if yeah. I, I believe if I was that person that, that used to eat animal products all the time, I wouldn't even have the energy to have the conversation in the first place. Definitely wouldn't be doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. So I really appreciate you spending this time super insightful hopefully for listeners as well how i like to wrap up these interviews is with a fun series of questions called the fast five okay <laughs> so i'll just fire away and you just hit me with the first thing that comes to mind you ready okay yes okay son this is your fast five what is your favorite animal a wolf the person that has had that has inspired you the most in life is uh, Nikola Tesla. If you can only eat one type of food or meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Sweet potatoes. Favorite vegan film or documentary? I would probably say What the Health. I just I think it's done a tremendous um, tremendous service to uh, to the movement. Oh, I love that one too. Not many people reference that. That's a great, great documentary. What the hell? And can you finally, can you leave us with your favorite quote or it can be a mantra or, or affirmation? A Marcus Aurelius Stoic philosopher quote. It's from the meditations of Marcus Aurelius. Yes, yes. Um, I, I had it and then I've lost it. Um, basically, um, yeah, don't worry. It took me like two or three minutes when someone asked me this question because <laughs> I, I was like, it has to be something really perfect. Yeah, okay. You, you, you have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. That's the quote. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will have strength. Yes. Oh, it's epic. Love it. Absolutely love it. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually going to download Rewire Fitness app and start training with it, training my mind with it, using the visualizations, like you said. If, if anyone else wants to, wants to jump in and do that with me, then I believe there is maybe some kind of offer that you may have for our listeners. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're going to, um, we're going to give you, uh, some codes to share with your listeners for discount. And, um, and like I said, you, you can start for free. Yeah. We also have a really cool community. If you join us on, uh, discord or on Instagram, or, uh, if you're into Strava, we're on there as well. Some cool clubs and, uh, we're all in there chatting and helping each other. And it's a really fun community very cool thank you so much we'll leave those codes in the description awesome awesome thank you so much for speaking with me today sir it's been an absolute pleasure 
Yeah, it really has. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.